Did you know the very first running podcast I ever listened to? It was actually Run to the Top by Runners Connect, and I was fortunate enough to be a guest on their show to chat with none other than Claire Bartholik, uh, the planted runner, about jump training for runners. So did you know that you as a runner are actually a jumper? Because you are hopping from one leg to the other every time you run. So during every run, you are hopping from one leg to the other. And did you know that plyometric training or jump training can supercharge your running and bomb-proof those legs of yours, which is super important for injury prevention as well as getting you faster and stronger as a runner? So the conversation I had with Claire was so good, I needed to share it with our Healthy Runner community as well. Trust me, you will absolutely love this conversation. You will definitely get some good nuggets out of this um, to make you a better runner today. Um, Make sure you listen in to the specific muscles that I talk about when learning which muscles are you should be using to strength training. This is actually a great follow-up episode to last week's episode in which we talked about the importance of strength training in order to run. In this episode, we talk about the importance of jump training in order to run. And it is one of my foundational principles in our five tips to run strong and healthy or spark blueprint. If you haven't gotten your free PDF download with all of the exercises that I talk about in this episode, then make sure you grab it in the show notes below. And also make sure you check out the Run to the Top podcast and Claire Baltholic at theplantedrunner.com. I hope you guys enjoy this episode and reach out to me. Let me know what you think. I love getting your feedback. Enjoy the show, guys. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Are you feeling strong and powerful or are you feeling those niggles and aches that we all get from time to time? Well, this episode might just change your running forever. I know, I know that's a lot to promise, but I'll explain in just a second. If you're new to the run to the top, welcome on board. This is coach Claire Bartholik, also known as the planted runner. I coach runners of all abilities and ages at runnersconnect.net and at theplantedrunner.com, where I add in some plant-based nutrition coaching as well. I ran a 258 marathon at age 42 after only really just starting to get into running in my mid-30s. My passion now is to help others crush their running and nutrition goals as well. Now, if you had asked me what was the one thing that was the most important to my running success later in life, I would have to say strength training. Okay, okay, great training from Runners Connect, sleep, whole foods, nutrition, all that stuff, that's up there too. But I was running anywhere from like 70 to 90 miles a week at the peak of marathon training. And I know that what kept me from getting a single injury 
was regular, consistent strength training. So I wanted to bring on a guest that really knows his stuff when it comes to strength training for runners. And that is Dwayne Scotty, a physical therapist for runners at Spark Physical Therapy in Hamden, Connecticut, and over at sparkyourtraining.com. Dr. Dwayne truly believes that anyone can run, and he is on a mission to change the traditional thinking that running causes overuse injuries and you must take a break in order to get better. Through run-specific training, you can build your body to be a strong, resilient runner and stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Dwayne also has a thriving Facebook community and a podcast called The Healthy Runner, and I was fortunate enough to be a guest on his show recently, and we recorded it live in the Healthy Runner Facebook group. Dwayne interviewed me all about my two favorite subjects, running and plants, so go check that out if you'd like to learn more about me and about plant-based running. But for this conversation, we are talking all about plyometrics or jumping training for runners. It almost seems a little over the top to take time away from your running to work on your jumping. But if you think about it, running is just hopping from one foot to the other thousands of times. (laughs) So training to get good at those one-legged hops can dramatically change how well you run and how good you feel while running. We also get into some non-jumping strength training exercises that all runners should do. And I gotta tell you, Dwayne had some new ones for me that I am going to have to try. Our goal at the Run to the Top is to help make you a better runner with every episode. And this one absolutely delivers. Before we get into our conversation, I wanted to talk real quick about how what you eat affects your hydration. Most runners eat healthy with a focus on whole unprocessed foods most of the time. While that is awesome, it also means that you need to pay more attention to your electrolytes. Athletes, healthy eaters, and heavy sweaters all require a lot more sodium than you might think, especially after workouts. And if you are all three, you definitely need more than a typical sports drink. That's where Element, founded by biochemist Rob Wolf, comes in. It's loaded with everything you need to replenish your electrolyte balance with 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. And it doesn't include anything you don't need, like extra sugar or anything artificial. Stay tuned for how you can get a free sample pack at lmnt.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the daily green supplement that has been the best thing that I've added to my nutrition and daily routine this year. Later in the episode, I'll tell you why I love it so much and how you can get an awesome deal so you can get your daily dose of nutritional assurance too. And now here's my conversation with Dr. Dwayne Scotty. Welcome to the run to the top, Dwayne. Thanks for having me, Claire. I'm excited to be here. You're a physical therapist who specializes in runners. Can you tell us a little bit about your own running journey and how you came to focus on runners in your practice? Well, yeah, sure. Um, 
Growing up, I was not a runner. I did play sports recreationally, but I was a dancer, actually. And I danced into college. And after that, I became a dad, had two daughters, and I wound up having hip surgery. I was a gym rat all the time. And I wound up getting a labral repair, it's called, so a hip arthroscopy. And after that, my surgeon said, stop running on the treadmill in the gym for your workouts because I would just like to run to get a little cardio uh, to kind of lean out, right? I was like one of those gym rats. And then I went outside and never went back inside after that. Haven't seen a treadmill since. And (sighs) 56 road races later and 23 half marathons, I fell in love with the sport. Oh, wow. Well, I, I let's put a pin in the dancing part for just a second, because I was a dancer, too, um, just through high school. I never did anything beyond high school, but I was on a, a competitive dance team through high school. So tell me about dancing. What kind of dancing did you do? Yeah, so I pretty much did everything except ballet. So I was more of a tapper, so tap, Mm. jazz, a lot of partnering work. So that's actually how my wife and I met. Um, We were dance partners. So we would do a lot of lifts and I like kind of flipping girls around and uh, doing swing dancing is always fun. Uh, So some of your ballroom stuff, um, some hip hop and but tap was kind of my forte. Nice. Well, that is super interesting. Uh, Both of my parents are ballroom dancers. Um, Well, my dad still is well into his 70s, if you can believe it. So um, anyway, so I brought you on the show as a physical therapist. We could talk about so many things um, that are that's useful to runners. And you and I kind of bounced our uh, some ideas off each other, and we decided to focus on plyometrics today. So um, let me have you take it away. Let's let's start about for you know brand new have never heard that word before. What's a plyometric, and what good is it for runners? Oh man, this is such a topic I'm passionate about because plyometric training just essentially means jump training. And for those of your listeners right now who are on the run, they have you in your ears. Like Mm -hmm. I always listen to your episodes in my ears during my run. So I know you guys are out there. You're hitting the (laughs) pavement right now. Every step you take as your foot hits the ground, it pops back up. So it doesn't stay on the pavement too long and it shouldn't. But what your muscles are doing is they are contracting. When you hit the pavement, they're actually slowing your body weight down a little bit as you go through your running cycle. And then they explosively spring your muscles back up. So they kind of propel you forward so you can continue to move forward to be able to run those distances that we love to run. So running in of itself is a plyometric activity, we call that. Mm -hmm. So The reason why I'm excited to talk about this is because I find that so many runners out there aren't aware of the importance of it and are not including it in its training. And it could be something that's either limiting their performance or setting themselves up for one of the common running related injuries that unfortunately I have seen in many of the runners that I've helped. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to play a little devil's advocate for you here. So, so if we are jumping all the time, you know, running is a series of hops from one, one foot to the other. If we're already jumping all the time, why do we need to do more, more jumping? (laughs) Well, you essentially need to train your, your musculoskeletal system, right? To be able to tolerate the demands of running. So one of the, my big principles is we need to train in order to run. So running is not our only form of exercise, our only form of training. We actually have to train in order to run successfully and stay healthy. And 
that is kind of my big foundational principle and strength training is one of the kind of core principles, but then also jump training because your muscles function differently when you're running and when you're jumping than they are, let's say doing a squat or doing a leg press machine in the gym. Okay. So how are they behaving differently? Like what's going on in there? Yeah. So when we're kind of springing right from one foot to the other, when we're running, like you go through that cycle of a concentric contraction or an eccentric contraction where we're slowly lowering, where your muscles are lengthening and they're contracting while they're lengthening. And then they go through a quick cycle into a rapid concentric contraction. So those muscles now will propel us forward. And the shorter amount of time that we allow between those, we become more efficient. So okay. the more efficiency we can have in our running, the faster we're going to be. And the less joint reaction forces will go up through our foot, our ankle, our shin, cause shin splints, cause some of the aches and pains that we can get as runners, especially knee pain as well, if we can actually train our muscles to be more efficient at basically using itself plyometrically. Okay. So, so are plyometrics for every runner, would you say? Unless, so the plyometrics are not for the runner who is currently injured. So okay. I will say that um, we need to make sure that you are pain free. I think every runner should be incorporating some form of plyometric training. So they're all different levels, just like they're all different levels of running, right? There's easy conversational pace. And then there's like really getting after it with some repeat miles and, you know, speed work on the track. Same thing for plyometric. Most runners or most people probably associate when I say plyometric jump training, they see these pictures of someone jumping on a super tall box, right? Yes, or they're yes that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> they're jumping on like 15 steps, right? And no, yeah. it can be simply like you mentioned before, hopping. Hopping is like a level one or doing a little hopscotch kind of exercise just allows your body to get used to hitting the ground and then springing right back up. And okay. the more efficient you get at that, your muscles are more efficient and you can actually tolerate the loads as your foot lowers to the ground, improving your turnover time, right? We focus mm -hmm. a lot on cadence and trying to improve that cadence because we knew we know that variable has been associated with reducing running related injuries, no matter which injury it is. So if you train your muscles plyometrically, then that will help improve your cadence and kind of spring off of the ground a little bit more efficiently. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to level one. So I am, let's say I am a level one runner. I run three days a week, you know, a speed work one day, easy run one day, long run on the weekend. What would my, and I've never done any plyometrics before. What would uh, your prescription be for me? Yeah. So what I like to start runners out with is kind of that simple, like almost hopscotch activity and then some basic squat jumps. So not jumping onto a box, you're on the floor and you're just jumping up in the air and then coming down into a little bit of a squat and you don't need to go super deep. You don't need to do a deep squat and then spring all the way up. And when we're doing these initially, what you want to do is focus not on a lot of range of motion, focus on the control, the quality. And the, the key to plyometric exercise, no matter what level, is you want to be seen, not heard. Love it. Because Love that. 
that means your muscles are controlling as you're hitting the ground and springing back up. So it's just like, and actually when I was on my long run the other day, I had a runner near me. I heard them from like miles back, right? I heard them coming and I was like, wow, this person is really heavy footed. So think about if you're really heavy footed when you are running, if you're running right now, those forces, when your foot hits the ground, again, those are what we call ground reaction forces that go up through your bones, through your tendons, through your ligaments, all of the structures. So we want to kind of control that bounce right back up and be seen, not heard using those muscles. Plyometric training allows you to train your body in that fashion so it is more efficient when we run. Okay. I love this because this is the advice that I give to runners about how to run. They should, they should run like a ninja, be super stealth, and you should run so quietly that you scare pedestrians in front of you because they had no idea that you were coming up from behind. So if you can run quietly, you're probably doing something right. So, so you're saying that we need to practice that in the gym as well. Exactly. And when you're doing the exercises, I always tell my clients, you know, as soon as you hit the ground, your foot wants to spring right back up. You're thinking nice and light, springing right off of the floor. And what that is doing is really getting those mind-muscle connections going. So we're working those neural pathways from your brain to the muscles, and you're almost anticipating when your foot's going to hit the ground and your muscles ready to react. So we call that like reactive neuromuscular control, where it can react right away and go into the contraction that it needs to. Okay. So, so what's level two? So I've done my hopscotch and I've done my squat jumps. What's level two? Yeah. So two other exercises that I do like in that level one is something like a, a lunge jump or scissor jump kind of going back and forth where yeah, split squats. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a split squat jump. Um, again, not going too deep, but then the fourth one that I really love because the calf muscle, that is one muscle that runners need endurance in, right? And it really kind of helps bulletproof you from getting the common Achilles tendinopathy, Achilles tendon pain, or plantar fasciitis. So there's a great plyometric exercise any runner can do. It is not a lot of load that's going to go through the body, but will work your Achilles and your calf muscle for that spring we were talking about is what I call wall jumps. Like you go pretty much almost like nose to the wall, arms up overhead, and you're going to gently tap the wall. And because you're so close to the wall, your knees can't bend or they'll smash into the wall. So you're not using your quads and your glutes like you are with like squat jumps and lunge jumps, box jumps. So it forces you to just spring at your ankles. And it is a great workout for your Achilles and really building up some of that strength and resilience in your Achilles. One thing that I know when I was in super heavy marathon training, you know, the miles are piling up. I'm running every day. The last thing that I wanted to do was jump around because I would be so tired. And I really was just like, I cannot handle a jumping workout. So what do you say to somebody who's like really deep in the thick of marathon training, um, who is kind of, you know, bulking at a little plyometrics? Well, that is the importance, Claire, of cycling your training, right? So that's why really for us here on the East Coast, we're kind of coming out of winter right now. I just had a three-month training block with a lot of the Healthy Runner community members, and we really focused on strength, plyometric training, and really doing that now while we were working up our base training, right? So as we're going into kind of half marathon season around this area, um, 
that will almost not so much cut back right now, but we're kind of going to the next level, the next phase of plyometrics and advancing the exercises and maybe jumping up like you asked before about level two is maybe doing those split squat jumps onto a step. So now you're okay. jumping up onto a step back and forth um, or doing some hop, hop holds and maybe on a single leg. So on one leg, you're hopping forward, hopping forward and sticking that landing with mm-hmm. good alignment, right? So those would be examples of exercise at my level two program, but we're really progressively building it up. But then when you get to marathon training and you're in that last month of marathon training, then I cut all plyometrics out. Okay, and even good. for my half marathoners, <laughs> if they're doing, you know, two or three half marathons a year in the fall, when they're kind of getting to the end of the season, then we cut that out as well as you've really peaked in your mileage and, you know, you've been doing really hard speed workouts, then you are correct. That's when you definitely want to dial it back. You can do a little bit in a dynamic warm up, you know, okay. but you're not doing three sets of eight. You're not doing the hard, challenging exercises. You are keeping your training intensity in line with where it should be so you have fresh legs or your workouts that you'll need. Okay, good. That's good to hear. That's really good to hear. And, you know, one thing about plyometrics, at least in my experience, if I've taken a class or something like that, plyometrics end up being really high cardio. You know, jumping obviously takes a lot of energy and and I'm breathing hard and I'm sweating hard. And, you know, for the most part, I want to get my cardio from running, not from my, you know, extra activities. So um, what's, what's your position on that? You know, how much do you really need or, or are you a fan of getting your heart rate up um, in non-running activities? I am a big fan of kind of making sure your heart rate's elevated during your kind of strength workouts. And I am a big believer there is a time and a place for lifting heavy for runners, um, it's not all year round, like you mentioned, when you're in peak race season or marathon training, that's not the time to lift super heavy and add load. But body weight exercises, core exercises, hip stabilizers that often runners kind of miss, these all important hip muscles that help us keep our pelvis level, prevent IT band pain, all of knee pain, runner's knee, right? All those kind of common ailments we can get as our mileage and our volume increases with our training. So those exercises, you can easily superset, you know, and work um, an exercise for your side hip muscles and then go ahead and do a jump training exercise or superset that with a core exercise. So I am more of a proponent of that. You know, that being said, you want to make sure that you have good quality and you're not so fatigued that your form is bad. So I am not about, you will see some boot camp style classes or um, bigger programs, not going to drop any names, but they go to like <laughs> failure and they're doing like 50 box jumps because that's the wad, you know, that is posted and you're going to do 50 of them no matter what. No, I'm a big believer in more of the quality and how you're feeling when you're doing the exercise in order to get the benefit that you want to get from the exercise. 
Okay, good. So, you know, at least with other kinds of strength training, a little goes a long way for runners because, you know, we're not trying to get huge and strong and build muscle mass and, you know, deadlift a million pounds. We are trying to be not weak for running. So we can get away with a little less strength training than, you know, some other kind of um, athlete in a different sport. So is the same true with plyometrics? Can I just do like five, 10 minutes a week and call it good? Because <laughs> I'm a runner, I want to run. <laughs> um, five, 10 minutes might be a little less um, than I would recommend. Really, it, it, it turns out to be, I usually recommend three to four exercises. And as you build up, so if you've never done jump training before, I would say you definitely start out with one set of each exercise. So each exercise I have in like my level one plyometric program focuses on different muscle groups. So we talked about the wall jumps being for the calf muscle. If you're doing a side to side hop, that's going to get more of your side hip muscles because it's more mm -hmm. of a kind of side to side movement. Um, if you're doing more of a squat jump and you're going a little deeper, then it's going to be more glute focus. So there's kind of a strategic muscles that you're focusing on with each one. And you want to think of doing, so there's some diversity there, right? You're not just jumping and mm -hmm. doing one movement. We're kind of working many movements, starting with one set and then progressing to two or three sets once a week. So you're not doing these every time you go to the gym, you're not doing them before every run because then that will lead to overtraining, overloading. Um, so just once a week is all you need. And the reps are more on the lower end. So when we look okay. at exercises, typically most folks would do like 10 to 12 to 15 repetitions um, for us runners usually because we want more endurance type um, training for our muscles. For these, you want to keep it lower six to eight repetitions of good quality jumps. And after that first set, you'll notice your patterns are a lot better. Your brain is kicked in to the muscles and how to contract them. And you'll be more efficient and you can usually go a little bit higher. So you kind of increase the intensity with going a little bit higher, landing lightly, springing right back up. Okay. So let me see if I, I heard you right. Six to eight reps of four different exercises once a week. Correct. That doesn't sound, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> no, it's not. It really isn't. Okay. Okay, good. Well, um, you know, there are some runners that I know and that I coach, especially older runners and uh, runners who have, you know, maybe they're injury prone. I'm, I'm not talking about current injuries, but, you know, there's some fear there with that population that jumping is, you know, just either too hard or not something that they should be doing. How do you address that? Yeah. And that's, you bring up a great point. There's a fear aspect. Uh, many runners have been told by their doctors, unfortunately, that they have the knees of a 80 year old or a 90 year old, and they probably shouldn't be running. So let me just kind of bust that myth right now that the literature out there, just so everyone knows, the research studies show that runners actually have less of an incidence of osteoarthritis in the knee. So again, running will not cause arthritis to your knees. So don't think you will get arthritis and neither will you get it doing plyometric exercises. That being said, if you do have arthritis in your knees and you have knee pain, then yes, that loading may be too much. But I have been successfully um, able to take runners uh, or kind of aging runners 
on a little bit of a journey in really building their foundational strength first. So that's where it all starts. I would never have a runner start with the jump exercises that we just talked about. So if you're listening to this right now on the run and you don't do any strength training, you just run and you're like, wow, these sound pretty cool. Let me try these jump exercises when I go home. No, that's not (laughs) the point you're going to start. You need to start with the foundational strength first and strengthening your running specific muscles And then you progress to jump training. So it definitely is a progression there. And in our athletes for like your adolescent athletes, when you go return to sport kind of training, if someone tore their ACL, they're getting back to soccer or basketball, right? I'm sure someone knows a family member that that happened. This is the last phase that we would take someone in the rehab process before they go out on the field and play soccer is this kind of jump training or plyometric training. Let me take a quick pause from this amazing episode to share a really cool product that can help you stay safe while running. Knox Gear's signature product, the Tracer 360, keeps me safe and lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. running. But now the days are getting longer and lighter here in the U.S. And I wanted to take a moment to share with you their amazing little Bluetooth speaker called the 39G because it weighs only 39 grams and is perfect for listening to podcasts like you are now or music during your run, also while keeping you in tune to your surroundings. I actually was fortunate enough to meet one of the creators of Knox Gear, Simon Curran, and Jamie Miles from Knox Gear as they shared Knox Gear's story and how they created their signature product using engineering principles. Pretty cool stuff and an interesting story to say the least. So I invite you to check out episode 43 on the Healthy Runner podcast to hear from the creator himself. Knox Gear is all about runner safety, and I am pumped to have them as a supporter of our healthy runner community, because in case you haven't realized, we are all about runner health and safety here. Running doesn't need to be painful, and it doesn't need to be risky and dangerous. Running should be that outlet providing us the mental clarity we all need to be the best human we can be to those around us, whether it's our family, our coworkers, or those in our communities. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at knoxgear.com to receive 35% off your purchase. Go ahead and give Knoxgear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer. Now let's get back into our episode. Okay. That's, that's good to know. So, so let's, um, let's touch on the, the foundational work. So besides plyos, or I should say before plyos, what kind of other strength work, uh, should we runners be doing every week? Well, we need to strength train in order to run, right? So that is my big kind of motto. And I, I, I really firmly believe it is the key, honestly, to keeping you healthy as a runner. So you can continue to kind of stay active, stay healthy and keep running, right? What we want to do. And the five key muscles that I really look at, and there could be six, a little debatable um, in my mind, but the five key muscles is definitely your glutes. So the glute max, the big guy back there, everyone knows hips don't lie, right? Second one Mm -hmm. is going to be the side hip muscle. So your gluteus medius muscle, super important because that stabilizes our pelvis when we're on one leg, when we run, we are always on one leg. You're never on two legs like when you walk. So gluteus medius needs to be strong, stable to keep your pelvis level, and that really controls what happens to your knees. So if you are a runner who has frequent knee pain, IT band pain, runner's knee, 
it usually is resulting of some weakness on the side hip muscle. Third muscle would be your deep hip rotators. And this one, you don't see this like anywhere, honestly. Um, and I think it is a, definitely a missing link. It's your deep hip rotator muscles. Your piriformis is the most common one. There's some other smaller guys in there, but no one knows about them. But your piriformis <laughs> muscle controls what your long leg bone does, your femur, and it controls the rotation. So if you are a runner who has been told that you have really flat feet, flat arches, you're an overpronator, what happens when you overpronate from down below on your foot, the knee goes in, the hip goes in. The muscle that is the anti-pronation muscle up at the hip are your external rotators. So the stronger those guys are, the more control you can have when you run, possibly not needing a foot orthotic. So you might not need to correct it down at the foot if you strengthen from up above. Okay. So okay, that's kind of the fourth. And then the quads, I got to throw the quads in there for kind of kneecap runner's knee purposes. Obviously we use our quads. And then the sixth one, if we want to add the six is hamstrings, but, and this is just because I see a lot of runners with this proximal hamstring tendon pain, which is really top of the hamstring right below your sit bone. And the reason runners develop that is because of an imbalance between their quads and their hamstrings. Their hamstrings are dominant, but they don't work their hamstrings eccentrically. That's slow lowering almost like what we talked about in the beginning of this with plyometric training. So there are hamstring-specific exercises I recommend for runners to help prevent injuries. Okay, let's let's talk about some examples for each of those muscles because, you know, when you say I should strengthen my, my glute med, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> How do I do that? So let's go in order again, same, same way you just did it, and, and give one of your favorite exercises for each of those uh, muscle groups. Yeah, that's great. So the glute max, so let's start in the back there. And there are so many different um, glute max exercises. Let's just talk activation because honestly, and that's another foundational principle I think often gets skipped is everyone wants to jump to the coolest exercise they saw on social media or right or the fad out there. But if your body doesn't know how to activate that muscle, you're not going to use your glutes. You're going to just use your hamstrings when you're doing that really cool deep lunge exercise with a kettlebell on your right <laughs> shoulder and a dumbbell in your left hand on a BOSU ball. Right? Right. So, <laughs> so it's really important to kind of activate. And one that I love for runners, especially even before you go out on the run, like I just did it this morning before my tempo run, is just your classic donkey kick. On okay. your hands and knees, mm -hmm. kicking your leg back with your knee bent to help knock out some of the hamstring. And you really squeeze at the top, tighten your glute, and then come down. And you don't need to do many. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily strengthening. I'm talking more activation to make sure they're kind of like contracting, turned on, ready to go. And then a good, maybe I'll give you one kind of progression that I love for runners is what I like to call an explosive lunge where you go into a reverse lunge, pretty low to the ground, so your hip flexes, so you get good hip bend, and then you explode up into triple extension. So you actually use your calf muscle, your hamstring, and your glute on your back leg, and you put your foot up on like a bench maybe, okay. or a stair. So you're doing like a reverse lunge into a kind of an explosive lunge. And that's a great one for the glutes. And also you get a little calf work as well. 
Okay. Okay. So the, the, the next part of the glutes, uh, what's, does that all work? Does that work the glute me too, or? That won't. So you're really going to work the glute max when you're moving in what we call the sagittal plane. Like when we do, when we're, if we're just running in a straight line, mm-hmm. right? Um, the glute medius, the side hip muscle is more that lateral muscle or okay. any exercise on one leg. So think oh. about that. And and this is another key foundational principle is runners need to strength train on one leg because we're always on one leg, right? And then you'll get that glute medius. So doing a single leg squat is great, not only for the quads and the glute max, but you're going to get that stabilization of that side hip muscle, the glute medius as well. Mm-hmm. But a great, great activation exercise that I absolutely love. I call it the humbler and it's so easy <laughs> to perform. It's um, lying on your side, almost like, most people could probably relate to this, like a Jane Fonda exercise sure. where you kick your, kick your leg straight up, but you do it with your back against the wall and slide your heel up the wall. Okay. This will ensure that your heel stays behind your hip. So you actually use the primary muscle, which is the gluteus medius, as opposed to the muscle that most runners are dominant in, which is your TFL muscle in the front of the hip that also brings your leg up to the side that connects your IT band. So for those that have IT band tightness, this muscle is usually dominant, your TFL. And no, it's not a drink you can get at Starbucks. Okay. It's it's the tensor fascia lata. Uh, So that muscle is dominant and a lot of runners don't actually activate their glute med. So this doing it against the wall will force you to have to use that muscle. Okay. That is a good one. I have not heard about that one, you know, against the wall. That's a super cool trick that I'm going to have to try. Okay. Well, what's next? Moving down, moving down the line. Um, so working the hip external rotators, a good activation one is a clamshell. Most runners have probably seen that lying on your side. You're opening your knee up almost like a clam is opening up. But what most runners don't get is the standing progressions. So I have a a couple of custom uh, ones that I've developed over the years as I've tried them myself. And when I was recovering from my hip surgery, these muscles were weak on me. So I needed to learn how to work these. So you can do a simple mini band around just above your knees. And I kind of call it like taps, tapping out to the side, keeping your kneecap straight forward is going to work your external rotators on the standing leg. Or you can even do a standing clamshell So where one knee is coming up, where you're standing on one leg, and you'll actually work your external rotators on both sides. Okay, good. I did a band workout, a band booty workout this morning. So I did a lot of those. So I was going to ask you about the band. So um, I'm I'm a big fan of the band. I love it. Um, So that really, it really feels like it's isolating everything in the hips. Like I'm sore just sitting here talking to you today. Okay. So we did, we've, we've worked down our way at hamstrings and quads hamstrings, now. Quads, and then I didn't even mention before, I should have mentioned the calf muscle, but we kind of hit it earlier. But one thing about mm-hmm. the calf muscle before I forget is endurance. So runners should be able to do 25 single leg heel raises or calf raises. You'll be surprised If you're at home and you're not running right now, try this on your own. See if you could stand on one leg, rise up and down on the ball of your toe, keeping your knees straight. Make sure your knees stay straight. See if you could do 25 of them. If not, you definitely should be working on this to help prevent 
injuries like the Achilles pain I mentioned before or plantar fasciitis. So working your calf muscles for endurance is important. And then quads, there's so many good quad exercises. Uh, a couple of the common ones that I would say is like a step down exercise or a single leg squat where let's say you're on the top of a step and you keep one foot on the bottom step and the other foot just kind of comes down and you're bending your knee. So you're working your quads eccentrically with your foot on the ground, right? So kind of fulfilling those criteria that we need as runners and then controlling it, watching your knee position, make sure the center of your kneecap is over your second toe. It's not dipping in. So quality is important, but that's, that's a, big challenge. You won't even need any extra weight, honestly, doing those step downs. If you do them correctly, your quads will be like on fire. (laughs) Can I give you my favorite hamstring one? Last one. I promise. Please. please. No, I love this. This We're geeking out. We (laughs) love it. Go go on. (laughs) Single best hamstring exercise you can do are the Nordic hamstring curls. So this exercise has been studied a lot in the research world in looking at hamstring strain prevention in soccer players. Like internationally, they have these large-scale studies that look at what is the exercise that kids can do to kind of prevent hamstring strains because it was a common injury they were getting on the soccer field. And I have been using this for many years with my runners. And number one, it's a great exercise to heal from that proximal hamstring tendinopathy we talked about before, but also for prevention purposes. And all the runners, I'm happy to say that start implementing this at least once a week, um, do not ever strain their hamstring or um, get the hamstring tendinopathy that we talked about. Oh, okay. You're built it up. You built it up. So describe right, so it to this us. This exercise is you're <laughs> kneeling. So you're on your knees. And what you're going to do is you're going to slowly bring your shoulders forward, keeping your shoulder, hip, and knee all in straight alignment. And then you're lowering your body okay. down to like a push-up position. So when you start, you'll maybe do this to a bench level. A bench is in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to slowly lower down, but you have to have someone holding your feet down or... You'll fall over. <laughs> yes. You don't want to do that. Or a piece of equipment. So in your gyms, you know, you can always find a place in the gym that you can slide your heels underneath one of the cable column machines. A lot of my clients at home will put their feet under a sofa, under a bookcase, under a coffee table, under a bed. So it has to be, I don't know, maybe a foot off of the ground that you can slide your heels under to hold your feet where they are. And this actually works your hamstring muscles eccentrically, so that lowering phase again, as well as working your hamstrings from your hip joint and not only at the knee, like those seated leg curl machines you see in the gym. Right. Not a huge fan of them, not very functional for running. Okay. I am definitely going to try that. What I, I, what I've been doing for my hamstring, let me, let me get, uh, you know, some feedback, see if I'm doing the right thing or the wrong thing, but I, um, have a big, you know, exercise ball. And so I will lay down on the floor, like I'm getting into a glute bridge and I'll put my heels on the exercise ball and push with my heels, the ball away, and then pull it back in and push it in. And my hamstrings are on fire when I'm done with that, like I could do 10 or 15 and I'm just like calling for mercy, <laughs> but you're saying that that's a little bit different than the Nordic one. 
Yes. And that okay. is a great exercise that you mentioned as well. I do it as part of what we call a triple threat. So to even up the ante a little bit for you to get even more fire back there is if you keep your knees bent and do like 10 bridges with right. your knees bent and then do the exercise you just described, curling in with your hips elevated and then mm-hmm. without resting, go right into a set of with your knees straight, bridging straight up and down. You will feel fire (laughs) in your hamstrings. And yes, I like that exercise with the ball because it also gives you good dynamic stability because Mm -hmm. the ball is unstable. So your hamstrings have to kind of keep it nice and firm and get that dynamic stability. But that's a great exercise. Okay, good. Good. I'm I'm glad it's PT approved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing you said a little bit earlier that I want to just go back to real quick. You talked about uh, some runners being hamstring dominant. I have... I've encountered a lot of quad dominant um, uh, runners. So I just, can I just get your thoughts on that and what's going on there? Because I, you know, the, 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 most of the people that I know who have, um, you know, problems or injuries, they tend to be really quad dominant, but you're saying there's a bunch of hamstring dominant, dominant folks out there. Yeah, there is definitely certainly quad dominant um, runners out there, especially I find that the runners that used to play soccer a lot (laughs) in um, either high school or college, um, they have quads like you wouldn't believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're usually very quad dominant. But I think as we go into adulthood and if we haven't been as active, you know, so I do see a lot of just like the average Joe runner, right, who's just kind of getting out there. A lot of times their quads need some work as well and to kind of isolate. And that is really important for the most common running related injury, which is runner's knee, which is just simply tracking issues with the kneecap. It's easily correctable with exercises that focus on the quads as well as the hip muscles we talked about before. But hamstring dominance is is something that we as clinicians talk about, you know, you go to any PT conference or, you know, it's something that's out there, but it hasn't really made mainstream into kind of the fitness world or the running world Mm. um, so much where the hamstrings are actually working overtime of what the glutes should be doing. So the glute max is the biggest muscle we have in our body. And that muscle is the most powerful. And it is the muscle that's going to power you up that hill when you're running. If you're using your hamstrings to try to power yourself up that hill when you're running, you are going to develop hamstring tendon pain right at the origin site, right at your sit bone. So okay. that's really what we our goal is with kind of rehab and re-educating a runner is to kind of get them to use more of their glute max and almost turn off the hamstring and then work the hamstring in a little different way with some of the eccentrics that we talked about to progressively load the tendon. Okay. Okay. Well, that is great. So we need to get our booty on board is what you're saying. We need to work on eccentric exercises, um, are, which means I would assume you're a fan of some downhill running because that's eccentric. Yeah, absolutely. So the downhill running is going to really train your quads. And that's why it's so important for those like running Boston, like you have, right? It's mm-hmm. You got a lot of that downhill and if you don't work your quads eccentrically in training and doing specific exercises where you're slowly lowering, your quads are just going to get fried, right? Trying to run those right. downhills. So not only right. in your runs should you train hills, but also, 
in your strength training, you should work that muscle eccentrically, just like it's going to be used when you run. Okay. Perfect. Well, I hope that our listeners have been inspired to um, get back from their runs and, you know, do a few exercises, not too much. I know we runners love running and hate to do anything else, <laughs> but it really is important if you want to become a better runner to uh, do a little bit of work in the gym making sure that you strengthen your muscles enough so that you can run well and run better. Is that right? Indeed. Yes. <laughs> well, before I let you go, Dwayne, I have a few questions that I ask everyone. And the first one is, if you could go back and talk to yourself when you first started running, what advice would you give yourself? That's simple. I would strength train in order to run and stop <laughs> stop doing the typical gym college workout of 50 versions of bench press, bicep curls, <laughs> squats, and not enough time training on one leg and plyometrically. So if I did that, I wouldn't have gotten my hamstring pain that I got. I wouldn't have gotten runner's knee. So that's what I would do. I would train differently. Okay, good. What is the greatest gift that running has given you? Man, that's a good question. Um, besides the physical benefits, honestly, for me, it's really about the mental stress relief even more. Um, running has kept me mentally sane, honestly, whether it was going through six years of like PhD school while working full time, having two kids, um, getting through COVID, right? Everything we right. had to deal with this year. Um, unfortunately, I got a huge loss. I lost my mom a couple months ago due to COVID. Oh, and I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, thank you. It's But running, honestly, is what keeps me going and keeps my head on straight. So that is the greatest gift um, running has given me is that I get that mental stress relief, that outlet. I'm not in front of my computer. I'm not on a device. <laughs> I'm out there with just my thoughts and, you know, nature. Oh, I love it. I love it. And finally, Dwayne, where can listeners connect with you? Yeah, the easiest place is, you know, on the Healthy Runner podcast or the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So we have a whole community of runners that are kind of passionate about kind of learning the things they need to do to stay healthy as a runner so they can continue hitting those goals. And kind of home base is sparkyourtraining.com. And I do have a, a freebie for your listeners sure. um, that really describes much of what we talked about today. And that's really kind of my five tips to run strong and healthy. And that's kind of my spark blueprint. So we'll drop that link in the show notes and your listeners will be able to actually see the exercises that I described um, here. I have all those linked on my YouTube channel. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I do have to say, yes, your Healthy Runner Facebook group is super active and fun. I, I had the opportunity to, to be a guest on your show and I got such a great response. We were talking about plant-based running and fueling and everybody was so engaged and asked great questions. So definitely highly recommend it for sure. Thank you. Yeah, no, they're, they're a great group and it, we're just a supportive group of runners that are just trying to learn our best, just like I did 10 years ago when I started running. I didn't know what to do. So you ask people. So it's, a, it's just a great resource area that you can get some good quality information from people who have done it before. And we have a whole team of coaches in there that help provide content uh, to keep everyone going. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dwayne, for coming on the show and teaching us all about plyometrics. And I really appreciate the time that you took and to spend with us today. Oh, this was super fun. Whenever I could talk about exercises, I am <laughs> always there. So thank you so much for having me, Claire. This is an absolute treat. Like I said, I've been a longtime listener. So this has been really fun to come on your show. Thank you again. So are you ready to add some plyos into your training? I've got to be honest with you that I've never really loved plyos, but it's probably because I was trying to introduce them at the wrong time in my training. So I'm glad that Dwayne explained that there is a time and a place for plyos and you don't need a bunch of them when you are weary from heavy marathon training. But if you incorporate them early in your cycle, when you're building up that strong base, your investment will be worth it in your running strength, power, and economy. Pretty good for just a few sets a week. If you'd like more free tips on how to become a better runner, check us out on Instagram at Runners Connect and at The Planted Runner. We are making amazing content every day, so be sure to give us both a follow. And when you're ready for coaching, pop on over to runnersconnect.net, where we have coaching plans that fit every runner and every budget. If you love the run to the top, I would be so appreciative if you would take a second to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'd like to start reading some of my favorites each week. So if you'd like me to mention you on a future episode, head to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. You can also join my group of favorite listeners each Friday by signing up for the elite treatment at runnersconnect.net slash podcast, where I share the inside scoop on future guests and announce the freebies first. That's it for me, Coach Claire Bartholik, The Planted Runner. Have a great run today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as 
our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.